it take to launch and run an Amada Senior Care franchise? Find out on another episode of We Are Amada, the show dedicated to the entrepreneurs who decided to take a risk and start a business that matters to them, to their families, and to their communities. I'm Marcus Mora. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is Marcus here with Amada Senior Care. Thank you so much for joining us. And I am here with Ed DeBorg. Ed, welcome to the show. Thanks, Marcos. Happy to be here. Hey, so I, here's what I want to ask you right away. You had an amazing, successful career in medical device and pharmaceutical sales, almost 20 years, right? Yeah, close to it. So I wanted to ask you, and, and we talked about this back when you were looking at Amada Senior Care, but what's going through your mind? Why does somebody take this kind of a risk? A lot of our show is about the men and women who took incredible risk to provide amazing senior care to people in their communities. So here you are. Why take the risk? Well, I was in like the pharmaceutical industry and I was in the medical device industry for a long time, like you said, and a lot had gone on, a lot changed. And I found myself working with a lot of people that weren't necessarily happy I wasn't, uh-huh. I didn't feel good about what I was doing. I was making good money. I was hustling. I was doing everything I was supposed to do, but I kind of became disenchanted and, and nobody would speak up when the leadership was making a bad decision and I thought it was impacting us negatively. Nobody would speak up when just people weren't being treated properly and people were mm-hmm. being let go for ticky tack reasons. I didn't feel right. comfortable. I wanted something different. I always knew I wanted to do my own thing and, and, and be an entrepreneur. My hey, when you say I always knew, like, what are we talking about? Are you saying from college, from before college, when did that itch of like, or, or maybe somebody in your family, when did this start? <laughs> I think it actually says in my high school yearbook that I wanted to be a corporate owner. And I don't think I really? knew what it was. I don't think it knew what it meant. <laughs> that meant at the time. So um, probably since back then, I came from a, a blue collar family. I didn't have a lot of opportunities. I needed to take a job and make some money as soon as I could out of college. So right. And getting back to your first question, I was now to the point where I was commission only sales in my last job, and I was doing really well. And uh, I lost a little faith in, in the products I was selling. I'll just put it that way. If I'm betting on myself in a commission-only sales job, why can't I do it in my own business? You, know? you already felt like you not only felt, but everything depended on your efforts. There was no cushion. There was no golden handcuffs, right? Flying without a net. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I had the good cushy salary job and you know, it's nice when you have kids and you, you have a little bit of free time. You can make the most of your free time, I guess, but um it leaves you wanting something more. So I always knew that I wanted to do my own thing and to be in control of my own destiny. So that's how I ended up looking. Now, I was looking at our history. I, I think you signed your first agreement. You have you have two markets, one in Pennsylvania, one in New Jersey. Right. And I think you worked pretty fast because the, the Pennsylvania market, you guys started in like mid-2017, right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, we, we opened our doors like mid-2017. We had our first client in November of that year and uh-huh. uh, growing since then. I think a lot of people get excited about being entrepreneurs and they take the plunge. May it be starting your own business, starting a franchise. Or some folks, they keep their day job and they start something on the side. And I think all of us entrepreneurs, when we do it, uh, there is a little bit of a wake-up call. I don't think anyone really realizes how hard 
it really is going to be. And I think you had this transition where you went from the cushy job to then you had a commission-only job in medical device. So maybe that transition was a little easier, but hold nothing back, Ed. Yeah. How hard is it really? Super question. How hard is it really? And did you realize it was going to be this hard when you were excited about becoming an entrepreneur? Yeah, you know, I never shied away from work. And I think you can be successful in anything in life if you're willing to work for it. And so from the moment I met Chad and Tafa and you and Tim, mm-hmm. everybody at Amada said, man, it's not going to be easy. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> right, right. We will work hard, but you will feel good about it and it will be yours and you'll never feel better about working so hard. And that has, has rung true, you know, and then some. There's days yeah. when, when I'm getting done at 10, 11 o'clock at night and I'm exhausted, but I kind of put a smile on my face because I know I'm building something and it's for me and it's for my family and I'm not doing it for somebody else. You will never get paid what you're worth working for somebody else. That's right. Yeah. Exactly, right? And no matter what that salary comes in, there's always that feeling of it's not mine. It's not something I am building. That that is so true. Yeah, that is so true. Okay, but now let's back up. Uh, We talked a little bit about your professional background, and we can kind of start judging, you know, how old you are. So this is also a decision that involved your family. So what was that like? That was a tough part, man. My wife thought I was crazy. Uh, number one, when I was going to quit my, my job where I was making uh, <laughs> multiple six figure income, yeah. she, you know, wanted to believe in me. She, uh, had her concerns to put it mildly. Right. So she did believe in me. She knew I could do it. And, you know, I'm still doing it. It's, I'm not like some amazing success story at this point. Um, right. We're, we're really headed in the right direction. She's super proud of me. We started off in a little humble office. And just last week, we moved into a 1,500 square foot office. It's a nice spot. So, um, and, it, and, a, and a big step, right? Was it a, a long lease? Yeah, man. Yeah, three-year lease. Um, three-year lease. Yeah, it's a big step. Exactly. So anyway, at first, obviously, there was there was a lot of trepidation, I would say, but she came around and now she doesn't even remember doubting me. <laughs> really? That is, that's, that's really cool. And, and I think it's an important thing for, for entrepreneurs, anybody who wants to start anything. If you have a spouse that is not on the same page, that is not going to be supportive, I think it can be a massive disaster. I used to, you know, I'd go on LinkedIn and look at jobs and Uh like the same thing that I was doing. I knew two years from now, I'd be in the same position that I was in and I was not interested. I literally was doing it to make my wife like, (laughs) 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 meanwhile, I was on the phone with Sport Clips hair franchise and uh, Sky Zone and, you know, where I I found what I was looking for with Amada. So, I, it's, I, it's sort of like to say, sweetheart, I'm not completely crazy. I am looking at jobs as well, and I'm looking at some other things too, right? It's kind of like positioning, yeah. right? But you knew inside that you're like, no, I'm, I am not going to a job. Yeah, I'm not going back to work. I'm not going back. Another company. Uh, yeah, so I think that's incredibly important. I, I will tell you, you know, I've started several businesses, and there were times where my wife was like, I do not believe in you right now. There are always tough times. And I think people who say, you know, that the entrepreneur must have somebody that, that believes in them the whole time, I think is very true. But there are going to be tough times, right? And, and she, would, she would come around. You got to believe in yourself. You got to have blind faith to an extent because, you know, you guys told me what to do and everything you told me has come true. And I followed it pretty much to a T. 
even the tough times when just waiting for the see the numbers grow and uh-huh. you know you're working your tail off, but you don't see the reward. But it is like that entrepreneurial farmer mentality where you plant the seeds, man. If you do the work, it'll happen. You just got to do the work. So you just got to do the work. I should say, just in case my wife hears this, uh, she's <laughs> uh, my biggest fan and uh, I can't thank her enough. That is, that's fantastic. We could have a whole podcast about that, about the need to have support as, as an entrepreneur. It is so important. Um, so, hey, let's talk a little bit about your business. You just moved into a larger office. It has been not even a year yet. And so how much staff do you have helping you now? So we are, uh, we have an operations manager. You know, there's, there's all different ways to do it. Uh, she handles all the scheduling. She handles a lot of things. I still do some scheduling. I just hired a nurse who's awesome. She's worked for one of the big hospital networks in this area. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of our client care coordinator. She does scheduling. She does um, uh, recruiting. She does assessments on clients, caregiver training. So I kind of went top heavy with really qualified, skilled people. And from there, we're going to grow with people that we develop starting at like a caregiver level level to a scheduler level to a recruiter level and, and so on. That's cool. Now, the staff will keep growing. And what about caregivers? So caregivers, we have active caregivers somewhere close to 50 at this point. We've got about 25 to 30 clients and about 50 caregivers right now. Wow. So one of the parts of of this business, I think uh, some people either have a lot of concerns about and some people are excited to provide a lot of jobs. But I don't care who you are. You know, hiring caregivers is a huge, huge job. When you started doing it, what was it like? You know, did you have to adapt a lot to this process of hiring that many people? Tell our audience a little bit about that. Yeah, I'm realizing that I'm a very strategic, very uh, systematic type person. I wish I could be a little more ready, fire, aim, and dive into things. But I like to understand everything before I do something. I like to do uh-huh. it right the first time. So Now, are you um, saying, that, Ed, it's something that you feel like you have realized more now than before? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Really? I mean, just getting into, okay, you're going to put out an advertisement to recruit for a caregiver for a company that's never cared for anybody. <laughs> you know, you're going. Yeah, to, yeah. There's a lot of uh, I don't know if it's fake until you make it, but uh, it's a lot of kind of just hey, yeah, we're going to be a great senior care company. You're our first caregiver. <laughs> you know, you don't. Really say <laughs> yeah. And honestly, our first hire is still with us. No way. Employee number one at Amada Senior Care. And that's so cool. <laughs> and she loves us. And uh, she just wrote a Facebook recommendation that we are the best place she's ever worked. And, and she loves it. So I knew that I was going to be good to caregivers. I knew that I was going to have their back. Amada instilled in me that you have to love your caregivers and provide a great environment, a family environment. All they want is some recognition. All they want is to be treated well and appreciated. Literally, that's like it. And they're not. So there's a ton of senior care agencies out there, but uh, they're not very good. And Amada, I'm just doing what everybody else told me uh, how to do. So... And I think that's an important point. What is it that uh, we always talk about this? The dot com that did a survey of, I don't know, a thousand caregivers or something. Can't remember the name of the company, but they did this survey of a thousand caregivers asking, what's the most important thing for you? And they said, you know, the options were more pay, respect, uh, and all these different things. If you had asked me a while back, you know, what do you think would be the first thing that, they, that caregivers will say is important? I would have said pay, right? Mm-hmm. And overwhelmingly, it was not pay. It was, that was not the most 
important thing. And the number one thing that the caregivers came back, the highest rated one was respect to be treated well. And for maybe you guys that don't know that caregivers get paid anywhere between nine to, would you say, uh, at 14, 15 bucks an hour, right? Yeah, that's the high end, definitely. Yeah, and so I think it's a career where uh, you're not doing it for the money. It's not like there's gonna be a caregiver that after 20 years, they're gonna start making $25 an hour, right? No, yeah, you just can't to do it. So it, it really, it's not about the money. And if it's not, then it has to be a lot of respect. I remember uh, Tafa would, would tell us these stories of he once fired a scheduler because the caregiver had called in saying that they were not going to be able to take the shift because the caregiver's son was sick and wasn't going to be able to go to school. So the caregiver was stuck and he heard that scheduler being mean to, to that caregiver. And he walked in there and fired that scheduler on the spot. Like, you do not treat my caregivers that way. Right. Yeah, and uh, we learned that the hard way ourselves, actually. We brought a caregiver in to come in and do some scheduling, come into the office, basically, and we were trying it out, and she went in like a, a tornado into every situation and just upset every caregiver she dealt with because she, yeah. we didn't properly indoctrinate her into how important our caregivers are. My philosophy is the Richard Branson philosophy where our clients don't come first, our caregivers do, because if we treat them really well, they'll do a great job and treat our clients really well. So that is something that has to be instilled in your entire staff. And, and it's working because our caregivers do feel like they're family with us. We just had a uh, top workplaces survey. Yeah. And we want to be part of that top workplaces. We want to win that award or be recognized. So we entered into it. And the survey was you had to have, I think, an 80% response rate. So we, I think we... Wow. That's a lot for a survey. I mean, most surveys you get maybe 40% of people to respond, right? Yeah, so if we sent it out to 45 caregivers, we got 40 responses and a ton of compliments and comments in the survey as well. So, And you can see the comparison of other companies out there, and we were at the amount of response that you needed to qualify where, uh-huh. you know, 45% ahead of everybody else. So that says a lot if you can get, you know, a caregiver to take the time to chime in and participate in a survey like that. Yeah, you're not kidding. So listen, I wanted to ask you uh, something very important. I think that you are in the thick of the battle right now. So like you said, it's not even been a year. So there's so much work to be done. You know, a lot of our franchise partners look back and by year three, year four, year five, things start start getting into place. Like any business, this takes a long time. So your advice is probably incredibly sound advice for anybody looking at this. You were in, in their position just, you know, a year ago. So what would be your advice to anyone looking at Amada Senior Care? What do you wish maybe somebody would have told you when you were looking at uh, getting into this? I don't know if I got lucky or what, but it was kind of a gut feeling for me. So the number one thing, and I have a partner that a gentleman I partnered with on my territory that I just bought in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. I said, just go meet the people at Amada. Just go out. You know, he was hesitant. He wanted right. to know this, that, and the other thing about <laughs> profitability and this and that. And I said, forget all that. Just go meet the guys. So when I went out, that was the eye opener for me because every corner I turned, everywhere I looked, I met sincere, good people that were welcoming and very trustworthy 
and guys that had gotten it done, owners that reached out and were willing to do whatever it took to help me understand why Amada is a great choice. And uh, I would say just connect with someone like you or someone like Tim. Go out, do a discovery day. You will not regret it. You know, hopefully if you have what it takes, Amada definitely can make it happen for you. Man, that is what we're going to do is we're going to cut just that part right there. And we're going to do a new commercial of, <laughs> of Ed, Ed giving the, the endorsement. Hey, listen, seriously, though, I can't thank you enough. It's not lost on us the incredible risk that you guys take, uh, that your families take to, to build these businesses. And I was talking to another one of our franchise partners today, and I know you feel this. What is so amazing when you come into this, you said really nice things about us. But, guys, when you meet our franchise partners, if you're lucky enough to come to one of our annual conferences or uh, the events that we do, it is seriously one of the most amazing communities communities of people you have ever seen. Ed, would, would you agree? Like, this is not a pat on, on anybody's shoulder. It just accidentally happened. We are by far the coolest people I've ever met. Yeah, I, I, would, I would have to say. I, I was blown away by, you know, literally every person I talked to. I mean, I can call and, you know, I feel starting out, you feel like a nobody. Like, what, who am I? Um, and you're calling the guys that are, you know, at the top of the monthly revenue list for, right. for, for Amada. And they pick up the phone immediately and they're so welcoming. And they're like, come on out, man. Come, come see yeah. what, what can I do to help and call me anytime. And here's my email address. And they uh, couldn't be, you know, a better group of people. The people here in PA are, are phenomenal. You can call them any time of day and they'll pick up. And if they don't, they'll call you back and apologize. So, yeah, you won't find a better a better group of people, and you got to be a good person to do this business. You got to care. You got to be compassionate. You got to love your clients. You got to love your caregivers. If you want to just hire somebody to go care for somebody and hope they do a great job and not be too involved, this isn't the business for you. So it, that's right. You, know, you have so many good people. Well, I really appreciate that. And listen, thank you so much for uh, building that business and helping the seniors around you, Ed Dubord. Thank you so much for spending the time with us today on the show. Thank you, Marcos. Anytime. All right, I'll talk to you soon. And for everybody else, thank you so much for joining us on We Are Amada. If you have any questions, please reach out to us. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye. To learn more about launching your Amada Senior Care business, go to amadapodcast.com. Again, amadapodcast.com. Thank you for listening. Hey, Marcus here with some uh, legal mumbo-jumbo for you. So this podcast is not an offer to sell a franchise. The offer of a franchise can only be made through delivery of a franchise disclosure document. And certain states require that we register our franchise disclosure document in those states before offering a franchise there. So this communication is not directed to any residents of those states. Now, for any more information on this, please go to amadaseniorcarefranchise.com slash important dash note. Again, that's amadaseniorcarefranchise.com slash important dash note. Also, any financial representations that you hear on this podcast or in any of our materials, please go verify them in our franchise disclosure document under item 19, financial representations.